Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast coming straight from the Mile High City. You know what I'm saying? Got another banger for you as usual. You already know we bring that straight heat, that hot Dylon fire for you. Let me shout out to our official sponsor, Be Good Dispensaries. They're over there on 11 West Hamden Boulevard and on 120th across the highway from Boondocks. I got all your medical, recreational needs, weed needs, all that good shit. You know what I'm saying? We got another special guest in the house today. You know what I mean? This guy's been through everything you could think of. He's been in the streets, been addicted, battled addiction. You know what I mean? Turned things around, seen death. You know what I mean? Comes from Will Park, Aurora, Colorado. Aurora. He calls himself from hell. Yeah, I'm from hell. Uh, fashion designer for uh, From Hell with Love from Aurora. And your clothing line is From Hell with Love, right? That's my clothing line. How you doing, brother? Doing good. How you doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. Thanks for coming by the podcast. You know what I mean? Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So being this is your first time, man, I don't know too much about you, so I know there's other people. Tell them kind of like just real the early years where you grew up. You said Aurora, Will Park. Let's talk about those early kind of years growing up, man. So early years, I was just skateboarding, uh, riding graffiti with friends, fever, flannel. Uh, flannel wrote Rays back in that time, but uh, it was just, fever. It, yeah, R.I.P., my little brother. How'd you meet Fever, man? Let's talk about that. I met him at Wheel. He was like just real small kid. And, you know, I was like a couple years older than him and he could just rip. And we like to ride on shit. So we just clicked up right away. And that was like a, a big family over there at the skate park for a long time. What year was that? I say 2006, maybe 2004. Okay. What grade were you in, man? I think I just left uh, middle school. I was in ninth grade. Okay. When yeah. I, yeah, when I was over there at Wheel. And how was those early years? Where'd you go to middle school and all that stuff? Like? I went to Laredo, and then I went to Smoky Hill High School. Everything was cool in middle school, and that's when things just started to pop off in high school. So when you got to high school, it was a whole different different game, right? Yeah, like the, the older kids were getting all turned up and um, all us younger cats just followed suit. Uh, yeah. And what do you mean by turned up, man? Even at a young age, people were just drinking and doing drugs, and that was like the normal way to exist. And one of the things you were telling me earlier, man, like if you did a lot of drugs... And you acted a fool, you got all the chicks. Yeah, that was like the cool thing to do back then. And the chicks really went for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like you're a cool guy if you like drink 30 beers in the night, you know, and you're just some young kid doing that to yourself. Because we're a little bit older, you know, I'm older than you, so you kind of grew up in a different generation. My generation was like, you know what I mean? Like drugs really weren't relevant, you know what I mean? We might smoked a little bit of weed, but we mostly drank, you know what I mean? We drink drinking 40s and shit like that. What was like high school for you? Was what kind of drugs were people doing? We were doing ecstasy, like blue ladies and uh, green ladies, blue dolphins, coke, smoking crack sometimes. Where were you getting this shit from? The older kids. I mean, you could get anything easy out here, but. Do you remember the first time you did drugs or you did anything? I smoked weed the first time when I was 12 uh, with my, my best friend and uh, was just the funniest thing. We we like scraped a resin pipe and got so high off that resin. That's crazy. And then what did it what what was the what made you kinda want to try something bigger and better? The turning point was like when I started drinking and feeling like feeling something different than myself. Mm -hmm. And for some reason there was something in me that I just didn't want to feel anything, even at a young age. So as soon as I drank, it was like, I love this. Why was that? Why didn't you not want to feel anything? I think Re reflecting on everything, um, I was abused as a child, and I didn't, I didn't really know what love was. So as soon as I started drinking and finding ways to escape myself, I didn't have to feel those emotions, you know? Right. Were you drinking before you, you tried weed for the first time? No. Or you smoked weed first, then yeah. tried drinking? Yeah. 
And was it simply as easy just getting it from the older kids, like you said, or just getting it from your parents? Yeah. You know, yeah. liquor cabinet? Taking out of their little, your your mom's stash or the older kids. Back then, there wasn't like dispensaries or anything. People would just grow in their basement, but it was still like good quality. Right. Like Alaskans, Thunderfuck. Uh, Were you ever like, smoking the Reggie? Yeah, Reggie. Uh, Schwag. I don't think people even know what that is. It's that Bricks. brickweed. Yeah. Dang. And what was your, like, kind of first introductions to, like, different drugs besides that when you were in high school? Was it, like, a party? Was it, like, you were at somebody's house or was it at school? Yeah, it was just at, at my, my friend's house and everyone had a... Uh, Someone had a bunch of ecstasy, and we all just tried it. What did it make you feel like the first time? Uh, it felt incredible. One of my homies had a seizure. It was his first time taking it. Like, we're all looking at him have a seizure, and we're so young, and we're all we just flipped out, thinking we're all gonna die after that. Did you guys have to take him to the hospital? No, he chilled out after like ten minutes. Yeah, and but it was scary, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, especially on drugs. And then we just kept partying, you know, like laughed it off. Have you ever had any kind of things like that? Any seizures or any fucking moments where you fucking... I, I would get real sick when I was not drinking. Like, my alcoholism was so bad that I was shaking. It got to that point, then. Yeah, it got it got to that point. What was your drink of choice, man? What would you... Would you like to drink? Was it anything or... Pretty much, like, when it, when it was real bad, I would have to wake up and uh, drink shooters to, like, calm my nerves. I couldn't even formulate thoughts until I put alcohol in my body. I would shake so bad. My head would shake like uncontrollably until I put alcohol in my body. And what, at what age were you when this started happening? I think I was close to 22. It was already that bad. Right. And did you end up graduating high school or no? I did. I graduated with straight D's. Um, everyone at the high school, all the teachers hated, hated me. Cause why, I, why was that? I was just, uh, I was always smoking weed, um, just being a dirtbag in school, like not appreciating what people wanted to do for me and try and give me like a better future through education. I just, I didn't care. So they all passed me on purpose. So I just get out of there. Just get out of their class. Yep. What were, what was some of the type of shit you would do to, you know what I mean? Kind of like where, where it gets to this point. Just not really care. And like always be, be an outburst and just smell like crazy, crazy weed all the time. That was, that was it then. Yeah. Pretty much like purposely blow blunts in your clothes <laughs> just so everyone knows you, you smoke loud and, you know, just being ignorant. I'm sure they had to fuck with you a couple of times, right? Yeah. They'd be like sitting in the office and search you and yep. fucking all that dumb shit. Yeah. All the time. Was it happening often? Yeah they ever catch you with anything in school or no not? we always just you'd be able to stash stuff you know easy and it's it's crazy to think that fucking you know it, it's not really days are different now but like drugs are really available right was it can yeah. you get a hold of anything you want from people at school or yeah pretty much back then yeah there was people that just had big amounts of whatever i didn't really get into meth or heroin not, I'd take painkillers here and there when I was young, but it, it wasn't crazy back then. Like, it grew into something crazy later on. Right. What was the, the drug of choice for kids back then? Was it the X? Yeah, ecstasy. What would be some shit back, when you were in high school, what was something that you saw, like some drugs that someone did where you're like, fuck, like, you Meth. know? For sure, man. Just like in front of everyone, or was it just like, you know, chilling? You know yeah, I mean? just chilling. And then you see like a couple of people just start smoking meth, and I was like, "Man, that's some weirdo stuff." And this is in high school, right? Yeah, I seen a wild ass video just the other day on fucking the gram fool where they show some chick like in middle school she's smoking fentanyl in the bathroom, bro. Yeah, that's like they're that's what they do now. Isn't that crazy? And that's terrifying because that shit kills motherfuckers. I don't even understand how how they have that available. That's wild. It's the most deadly drug you could do. Did you ever think you were going to die in high school from drugs at all or no? No, not in high school, no. 
Were you just like fucking full blown 100? You know what I mean? Just rah. Just. Yeah, I felt like I, I would live forever. Like, you know, I, I could do whatever and I'll be fine. What were kind of some of the things like that you were doing in high school? You know what I mean? I was skateboarding a lot. I love to skate, um, go to D Park, drink 40s, you know, hit oh. your head on the ground. You're all good. You're drunk. On just, some kid shit, smoke a couple blunts, fuck some bitches. Yeah. I remember we got pulled over one time, like clam bacon, blunts in a car at D Park, and the cop, like, just let us all go. Kind of like laughed it off, but we were like underage, smoking weed. He didn't care. Were you doing graffiti at this time or nah? Yeah, I was. You, uh, I was writing. Did you kind of get into writing with Fever or? Yeah. Me, me and Flannel were in like our first crew together, IBM, Invade Before Midnight, because we were under 18. Mm hmm. So that's why that crew came about. What'd you write? I my first name was Drome, D R O M E, and then I I wrote Vayer, V A E R, for a long time. Okay. I changed my name. I'm not gonna say what I write now. Right. And were you like a regular at Will Park? Yeah, I was. Can you talk about that? Just like the environment and how you know there are a lot of people there. Like we talk about. Man, it was such a good time. Uh, we we would skate that park even before it opened. And the cops would chase us out. And all of us were there. Uh, fever, flannel. Trying to think of other riders. Trek. Speak was up there. There was a lot of people. Bright diet. Oh, yeah. Bright. Bright diet. All those cats, all the EMF cats. Yeah. Or a lot of them. Coda. Uh... Man, those were good times. Talk about some of those good times at the wheel, man. It was such, you, you know, you wake up and it's like, I got to go to wheel. And you just get to do that for year after year and see, you know, your closest friends and really push yourself to progress. You know, you still drink and smoke, but right. it was chill. But what's crazy about Wheel Park is that's like, I've never really seen a park like that, man. Like back Me neither. in the day, we didn't have shit like that at all. Yeah. You can go there and like you said, they got the dirt bike shit. They got the fucking skate shit. You can play hockey. But you can do fucking anything there. Yeah. It's a total kicking spot. It, it really was. I think it still is. It'll always be that way. Right. What were you drinking in, in high school? Evil Eye. Evil Eye. What is that? That's a 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was your choice, your drink of choice? Yeah, I think it was like 8% alcohols, malt liquor, just one of them get you really trashed, but I drank two. Oh, yeah, 40s would fuck you up back in the day. Yeah, blackout boys. They don't have them on the market anymore. That shit reminds me of some shit called, like, Crazy Horse. I don't remember if you ever remember that. No. It, it was like some 40s that were, like, outlawed or, like, banned. Yeah, because people just get crashed mm -hmm. a car drinking them. And, like, I remember, like, I remember you could buy them here, and they kind of like they were like kind of outlawed, but not really outlawed. And like when I got to New Mexico, like there was only like one place that sold them, like in the whole city. You know what I mean? That's so funny. I want to say it was like actually there's two places. This place loves, and this other liquor store in like the hood, and that was the only other place you get Mad Dog too. Yeah, Mad Mad Dog. I, I would drink those also. Man, those they call that liquid crack, man. And those are like tiny little things. Tiny little things. I could never drink that shit cold. I would always have to let that shit get warm and drink that shit. Yeah, I've done that before. You know what I mean? Those like, are so nasty. For real, like, ugh. <laughs> they still sell that shit to this day. And you could see, like, the sediment in the bottom of it, and you're just drinking, like, some weird... That and some top-of-the-line one, Carlos Rossi. We used to drink that shit. Yeah, I remember some crazy times with Rossi. We used to put straws all the way in it to the bottom of the jug and just drive around like that. Everyone just like put their head close to the center console and drink out of it. They used to, they didn't used to sell 64 ounces of like old English when I was a seriously growing up. Yeah. Big ass bottles. Wow. I, I didn't even know that. That's wild. Yeah. Hey, so what did you do after high school? So after high school, I kept skating with everyone, riding. Me and Fever would go out like 16th Street Mall and uh, just paint, um, doing tags. I remember one night we were, we were taking the light rail 
we'd always have 40s. He like spilt his 40 and it just like ran down the whole light rail from one end to the next. <laughs> We're just laughing over that and we got off the train just tagging it as it drove by. A lot of really good times with him. Did you ever like have um, ambitions to go pro as far as skating? I, I really, I really did. Uh, Fever really, he was really good too. I was, uh, I was doing some really good tricks. You know, Civic Ten is like a well-known spot. I was doing nollie back one eighties, switch ollies, nollies. It was kind of big for me to be doing that back then. Right. What happened? Did you like? Did you end up going pro, or did you kind of did? Did maybe the drugs take over? Yeah, dr- drugs definitely started to take over. And I just started to care more about getting fucked up than anything. Right. And you said you would have to wake up and, and start drinking or... Yeah, that's how bad it got. Kind of like you ever see, is it leaving Las Vegas? Exactly like that. Damn. Yeah. That's, when I seen that movie, I was like, motherfucker. This no, that, motherfucker. that's like, real life for a lot of people. And yeah, I was yellow with jaundice, and my skin was like uh, grayish. I had yellow in my eyes. Uh, yeah, my dad told me, because I, I got sober, and I had my dad over at my apartment, and he was like, we were putting money away for your funeral. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Where were you getting the money to, to fund all this? I just worked stupid little jobs, and... Okay. You know, I wasn't uh, balling out of control or anything. Uh, you would just work like a regular ass job. Like, yeah. I would say, like, not like McDonald's, but maybe like some fucking Walgreens or Home Depot and just fucking. I did work at Home Depot. I worked at Sam's Club for two years. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Just got money. Were you living still at, at, your, at your parents or were you. Yeah. Early on, yeah. Were they tripping or did they know? They had to know you were they, doing mad yeah, drugs, right? Or? Yeah, they were tripping. They were, they were worried. I was going to jail a lot. And, uh, what are you going to jail for? Just being drunk in public. Okay. I'll go on crazy rampages. Well, I was going to say, what kind of drunk are you? Is it, is it, is it out of control? It's out of control. Is it like I kick it with you one time and you get drunk and I never kick it with you? Yeah. Like, we could be cool but not drinking. Like, yeah, definitely. Like I would destroy this whole place. Damn. Yeah. Like what do you mean by destroy? Like just like destroy? Like yeah. flip everything upside down? Yeah, like go shit. crazy, fight everyone. And, and this know. was a regular Pretty much. It was like I put I put a certain amount of alcohol in my body and then I flip a switch. And then I'm psycho. And that's does that happen every time or no? Early on it didn't happen every time. Uh-huh. But then it got to a point where it did happen every time. And I tried to like maintain it and kinda check myself, ask myself, Am I gonna go to that level? And then, you know, there was no way for me to stop it. Oh, yeah, that sucks. You know what I mean? How, I mean, and this is happening every night, right? Pretty much. And what are your friends telling you, man? A lot of people, they were, like, okay with it at the time. And some people were, like, uh, they were not down with it at all. I mean, you had to be losing a lot of friends with that shit. Yeah, I I would kind of swap out my friend groups. So I get too crazy with certain people, and I wouldn't hit them up for two weeks, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm chilling out," and then go back with them okay. until I flip out, and then go back to the other people. Was there any kind of things that you really regret that maybe you kind of maybe lost some good friends that you did, or? Now that I'm sober today, it's um, a lot of people have reached out and and kind of talked to me. I've I've made a lot of amends right. to people that did talk to me. Because there's probably a lot of shit that you've done that you don't even fucking know. Yeah. Like, really, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But I, I've had people, at the time, when I had Facebook, I'd get messages. I'd be in a blackout. And then I would wake up, you know, terrified, not knowing what I did. And then I'd have to read all these messages from random people, you know, that was at the party or whatever. And I would just feel so bad about what I did. Was the goal to black out every night? I think so. And just by, like, all means necessary or? Yeah. Like, give me, like, a night, like, your cocktail, like, starting from the beginning, from the morning till, uh, one of your, you know, days where you're really on it. Like, run me through a day. So, like, a, a regular. And say you go to a party at night. My my thing was never telling people I had drugs in my pocket. So they would just know that 
you know, they would think that I'm drinking, but then I'm taking like Percocet or Xanax or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm trying to be normal with everyone. And then all of a sudden I'm blacking out and they see me drink only two beers, but I've been on perks all day. They wouldn't know the fuck's going on. And then I'm flipping out in a party, uh, getting me and my crew kicked out. Any crazy fights, I'm sure? Not really crazy fights, but more like disrespecting people in their own house. Stealing shit. Oh, that's not good. Taking all the alcohol out of the house. Getting caught? Well, just telling them what you're going to do about it. One of those? Yeah. That's crazy. That's not nice. No, we had something like that happen on the podcast. One of our guests kind of said they're going to take our weed, and we were like, you know, you ain't taking shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's and, not cool. And I could, then that can, you can see how being disrespectful like that, you know, is really going to, you know what I mean? Like, could start some fire, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But when you're young, it's like you feel untouchable, you know? All right. You could act like that. How long did this go on for, man? I got uh, I got sober the first time, October eighteenth, two thousand fourteen. And so my last drink was like, uh, it was at Zombie Crawl. You remember when Denver used to do Zombie Crawls? Yeah, for sure. So I was at I was at one of those. I got super wasted, drinking all day, and uh, I was wearing like a gimp mask with my with your eyes covered up like a zipper. Yeah, wearing one of those and. Man, I just wigged out and uh, destroyed this house that I was in. And uh, the girl called my dad and my dad came and she was like crying. And I I woke up like in the middle of the blackout. And uh, I just realized like what what I did, you know, I destroyed this girl's house. And like when you tell me what you mean destroyed, like I kicked the door off the hinge, like the steel door. Mm hmm barefoot kicked it off the hinges which is not an easy thing to do and he had a bunch of lights in his house her dad did and I, those were all broke like hanging lights over the uh, island that was a real big turning point for me seeing what my my addiction my alcoholism how it would affect other people i, I started to wake up you know in that moment, seeing that I'm being really selfish by how I'm living and acting. Uh-huh. And I, that was when I started to make a change for the better. Finally took something crazy like that to kind of wake you up, right? Like kind of, like yeah. you said, snapping out of the blackout and really seeing this girl lose it. Right. And just see her be hurt by my actions. What did your parents do? Uh, they They really tried to help me and... You know, I, I like lay down over at their house for like a week and I was just sweating all the alcohol out. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Did you really do like some cold turkey type shit? Yeah, it was cold turkey at that time. And at that time, was it just the alcohol or was it everything? It was everything. Xanax, Percocets. Which, what's the hardest? Liquor or the, the pills? I don't know because I do everything. I was doing everything at the time. You didn't have one that was, I can, you know what I mean? That no. was really kind of. Xanax was really bad. And what would, I mean, what would that do? You were just, did you, you know, were you just depressed? Did you like to sleep? Did you just kind of like want to drown your fucking thoughts out? Yeah, I just didn't want to feel anything. It goes back to being that, that young kid, you know, you, you find something that takes away your feelings. You don't have to, you don't have to feel feelings ever again. Right. No, I get that. You know what I mean? Like not to downplay anything, but like mine is like weed. Like when I get out of the smoke nonstop, like, you know what I mean? It's just like. But I never really graduate, you know what I mean, to anything else. So you said you kind of start turning things around, right? Yeah, even that, like that, that breakdown, that wasn't even the worst of it. Like there was way other worse situations that I went through. You know, I, I went to jail one time and I didn't know what I did. And I had blood all over me. I didn't know whose blood it was in the holding cell. So I'm thinking like worst case scenario. And uh, this was out in Boulder. So I ended up doing like three months for threatening someone's life. And, uh, you know, I kept drinking after that. I got out of jail. I kept drinking like normal people would just stop, you know, but I just kept going and kept going. 
when you were going to court for that, did you know what happened or you had no idea? No, I had no clue. So you're like literally in front of a judge and jury or whatever. And you honestly yourself don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, I blacked out. I didn't know. And when they put you on the stand, you're like, I don't know. That's exactly what I said. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And they were like, well, we think you, it's apparent you have a problem with alcohol based off your, uh, your record. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how to stop. And has the courts ever kind of like tried to step in and kind of get you some help besides like jail or no? I, I was having to take drug classes earlier, but that was more just like, uh, this is what your life could be like if you don't stop. But I, I was super young, so I didn't care. I thought I knew everything being a young man, you know? Yeah. I didn't know shit. I still don't know anything, even though I'm older. Nah, we got so much to learn, you know, no matter how old you are, right? That's what's beautiful about life. Man. What other kind of situations, you know, really kind of were taking you down? Or wherever you're home, were you ever homeless or... I, I was there. There got a point where, because I mean, I know your parents probably love the fuck out of you, but yeah. at a certain point, they got to be like, man, like what the fuck, and maybe even kick you out, you know? Or yeah, I I didn't want to keep bringing all that ruckus to the house, so I started to you know, couch surf, you could say. I, I would sleep underneath two twenty five, and I had a place to go. I could always go home, you know, but I didn't want my family to see me like that. Cause it really hurt my my mom a lot. Right. Did you ever like maybe think like you need to change cause of your mom or no? I just thought I always thought you know, looking back on it now, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Cops are always fucking with me, you know. There's so just some bullshit. Kind of like saying it's not my fault. Exactly. It's Take, their fault. Yeah. It's just cops fucking with I'm me. I'm just sitting here in the parking lot drinking. Yeah, or I'm driving a car drinking. I don't have a license. Any DUIs? No. No. Man. I got really lucky. I don't have any felonies. Uh, there. Yeah, there, there was a lot of crazy times. Any, like, crazy situations where you almost thought maybe your life was going to end? Where you woke through all this? Yeah. Like, uh, like drugs and stuff? There, there was one time there was, like, uh, we had so much uh, Xanax on us. And there was like an ambulance coming, but it sounded like a, a cop car. And I was just thinking like, we got to eat all these bars to avoid prison time. And then it turned out to be an ambulance. Like I've never been so shook in my life. That's wild. I have, I have a story like that. It's not as quite as crazy like that, but it's kind of, it's funny. Being teenagers, you know what I mean? Smoking weed in the car, going up to the, the Black Hawk. Yeah. We saw his go there. Don't ask me why. We'd always go to Blackhawk and try to get in till we get kicked out. Nice. Climb, do little hikes up along the river and shit. Yeah. But one night we're all smoking weed. Not all of us. There's only a couple of us smoking. I had this pipe in a bag of weed and a fucking cop gets behind us. And I'm like, oh shit. So I started eating the weed. You know what I mean? Motherfucker. The homies pull over. This motherfucker goes right around us. You know what I mean? That's I amazing. Ate, I didn't eat half my sack of weed. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's crazy because that's the way Juice World died. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like, man, that kind of, he was such a talent and it's crazy. Like, why'd you have to do that, homie? You had so many other people there that could have took that charge, but you're going to eat how many Percocets? I know. That's wild, man. Being, like, addicted to drugs and dealing with all that, have you, have you had close people die to you? Yeah, um, when I I was about three months sober and my best friend killed himself. And I was like... Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. That was like the first time I really dealt with death sober. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I ever really felt what pain was because I didn't have alcohol and drugs to cope with life, you know? And um, it, it really walked, rocked my world because this was someone that I grew up with skating and wheel park and you know trails writing graffiti right and it was like a, like a day one motherfucker yeah definitely went to middle school and high school with him that's my boy bryce bryce lorenz and uh i have his name tattooed on my hand task that's what he used to write mm -hmm. task r.i.p shit but yeah that uh 
that was a another like big wake up call for me like what what it could be like if i don't stay on the the path that i'm on you know mm -hmm. seeing the pain of a mother bury their son losing someone you love like that it really uh yeah it really changed me a lot were you ever doing any kind of sneaky shit to get drugs or alcohol while you're trying to get sober no nah no like what would you do would you just kind of like stay in the house or would you know what i mean uh i i go to meetings still mm -hmm. um I, I work a program of recovery today and uh i have a lot of mentors in my life a lot of other people who are sober i look up to mm -hmm. so I'm not really faced with temptation. Like when I found out um, Bryce died, Task, I was in a bar with some people, you know, just showing love at an art show. And I still didn't drink, even in that moment early on. It, it's just like I, I made a conscious effort. You know, I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to run from my fears anymore. I just want to face life as it is. Because I ran for so long. Right. For years, you said. Yeah, for a very long time. How long? You said 16 to 27. That's a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of crazy shit. You I mean, how many lives did you live in those years? Probably like 10. I feel like now when I reflect on all that and the person I am today, I, I've like lived and died maybe 15 times. Yeah. And my ego has like deflated so much now. You know, I used to feel like I had to act and talk a certain type of way when i was younger i had to like prove something to other people now i don't i don't live like that like i i get to just be wholesome you know right. i could look people in the eyes and just speak from the heart there's no one i don't want to there's really no one to impress anymore right you know you got a family you got kids you know that's who yeah. you need to impress in there you know not to say simple but you know what i mean you know it's you know it is simple you know it's not complex right it's not like we're, you know, not like waking up like, dang, I need some Percocets today. Right. Who am I going to hang yeah, out with today? Yeah, the homie ain't got him. Like, yeah, you're going down the line. Like, you know what I mean? Man, yeah, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Bad. Like, fuck. Like, or even just uh, the daily, you know, slanging shit to get shit. You know right. what I mean? Because, like, I'm broke or, like, you know. Yeah. And it's even crazier today. We were talking earlier, like, fentanyl, man. Like. Yeah, I never even touched that. And that's like that's the new thing for kids now, and it's it's so scary. It is, cause fuck, like you hear about these kids all the time, like doing a little line and they're dead. Yeah, you know the homie, um, he you know he got married and he had a stepson or whatever, and he went and did some coke. The night they graduated, never woke up. Wow, you know what I mean? It's just like damn, like that's just really crazy. That happens often out here in Denver. I I saw on the news there was like four people in Commerce City that they just got a bag of coke and they all died and it's you like mean. you never know what you're gonna get nowadays i kind of feel lucky i got out when i did no for real like i mean not to say that it was good that you can you know it's better to do drugs back then than now but you know what i mean shit is kind of a different ball game nowadays oh for sure how long um what was like that first week of 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 not doing any drugs or not smoking man man it it, it was terrible it, it was uh was it on some like devil shit like you know what i mean was it on some like fucking you know what i mean Just have you kinda... seen the movie train spotting it's like an older british film about drugs i think so but it's been such a long time there's like a crazy scene in there where the guy is like withdrawing and it just turns into a nightmarish hell scene in his room mm -hmm. that's exactly what it's like like you're sweating profusely you're dizzy you're sick you want to throw up you want to shit yourself. You can't move. You're so weak. You know, you're crying. Your bones ache. And it's so much easier to be like, oh, I'm going to go buy a shooter. Right. You know, well, let me get a Xanax. But I got through it. You know, that first time I got through it. You ever ever have any experience with any bad drugs? Like bunk? bunk drugs well, or not like, like bunk but like some shit like we were talking about oh like yeah bad acid trips or shit like that yeah i got a crazy story i i took some like 2ci or whatever the fuck that stuff is and what is that <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it's like some experimental acid you could say i took like uh three gummies and i was with my homie messer uh he's sober now too he's got over a year now um 
we were at the light rail station in Aurora, Nine Mile, took them, and they kicked in, and it was like straight up Van Gogh painting. Like the whole world was just Van Gogh painted it. And I was so blown away by that. And yeah, I tripped so hard. I, I couldn't formulate how to get out of apartment complex. Like there was fences that I could easily just walk over, but I saw a perimeter I couldn't cross. Right. And they were like about to go to their apartment and they're waving at me, come over here. And I just, I'm seeing him and he's looking like a, a crackhead pimp with a mullet. Like all this, all these <laughs> pimples are growing on his face and the mullet flourished in front of my eyes. I'm like looking at him and his girl. I'm like, he's a crackhead pimp and that's his hoe. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going over there. And I just went slept outside somewhere. Damn. Yeah. Woke up. Woke up still tripping. Outside the trip, outside the perimeter. I, I woke up outside and this will get weird. I was like next to a Honda and next to some other car. I'm looking up at the sky and Metalocalypse cartoon is playing music in the sky. And I'm looking at these two cars feeling like they just gave birth to me. <laughs> it was so wild. I didn't so, think I'd come back from that. For real? Yeah. I thought I was permanently zapped. That's crazy when you get to that point. You know what I mean? Like Terrifying. That's the one thing. Well, you know what I mean? I've done that shit in the past, like acid and all that shit. It's always in the back of your mind, like, shit. That's just too strong. Spooky. <laughs> yeah, like, you need to just knock on the, the metal ward door. All right, lock me up. For real. I felt like that multiple times. Man. What kind of made you get into, into designing clothes and the fashion and all that stuff, man? And what kind of, how that always, how that transpire? So three years ago, uh, I got clean uh, again. So my first time was in 2014. I still haven't drank alcohol since then. And then I relapsed a couple times. I tried to kill myself three years ago. And um, I got another chance to live. And I was just like, I've always wanted to make clothes. And I, I've been making clothes for about five years now, but not on the scale it is today. And I, I just started to pursue it, you know. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of free time. I wasn't getting high anymore. You know, my thing was heroin back, back then. And that's what it. That's what it eventually, yeah, graduated to. Yep. Do you know why? Not to not to stop you on that, but why? Yeah, why did it? It was cheaper. Was is heroin like basically the cheapest kind of maybe drug you can get? It. I just started to run out of like Xanax connects, mm -hmm. so uh, it was easier to get heroin, and cheaper for me at the time. So I would just go that route. Do you think? That's the route like a lot of drug users yeah. take. It just becomes the cheaper one. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like uh, it's, it's almost like you know I mean I've never done heroin, but I'm, I would almost think it's almost like the most numbing. Yeah, like if I can think of anything, honestly, I'd probably take fucking not the pain away, but get my thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would probably be that. Like, well, a lot, a lot of people go that same route because they get scripts from doctors, and then the scripts run out, and they're they're left being addicted mm -hmm. so they still need to you know not feel their pain their back hurts or whatever so it, it's like a it's an epidemic and it has been for a long time how were you getting your pills do you mind me asking or were, uh, you, were you writing were you forging scripts were you just going to doctor lying like were you getting it from just fucking off the streets i knew i knew a couple people that would take them as needed uh -huh. and they wouldn't they wouldn't take. They wouldn't like, really take them. Yeah. I know yeah. What you're saying. My dad's like that. My dad would have a fucking thirty right. Percocets right there. He ain't gonna take none of them. They yeah. Just sit there for you know what I mean. And the, you know, my friends would get their refills every month, and they'd have all this extra. So I'd make sure to know I have enough money at the end of the month to you know be able to buy what they have. So it's never because I always hear like the stories of down like in Florida where they fools just it's kind of like here with the weed. No, they would go to those doctors and get yeah. a script to get a fucking. You know, I didn't go that route. I was getting syrup like that uh, through a doctor, and I would just say like I got a cough, and they would you know take care of me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, let me ask you this: syrup, Percocets, heroin. Is it all the same? I don't think so. In different forms? Yeah. When you start to shoot a drug, it's way different. It does something to your brain. Okay. Which is way harder to, like, separate yourself from it. Right. Like, you, 
you finish your your syrup you're done you know it's not like that when you start to inject okay i could see i could i definitely get your point on that what about even with percocets like shit like that because i mean that's i mean to me percocets are fucking legal heroin yeah yeah it is yeah just the shit the government's issuing yeah definitely and those are so addicting as well I think, well, that's how the train starts, right? It is. You start with fucking, yep. you start with Vicodin. And you get some Oxycontin or some Percocets. Yeah. And you're on those forever until, you, you know what I mean? Then maybe Xanny's, like you said. Right. And then when that shit dries out, you know what I mean? Then you gotta you graduate to fucking something bigger, more dangerous. Yeah, you have no other option but to go that route. Because, like you said, number one, the accessibility. And they've really cracked down. Back, I mean, shit, my mom... I remember she was, you know what I mean, had the fucking unlimited script for that shit for life, like yeah. life, you know what I mean? And right. My dad was like, damn, I seen your mom take like eight of those today. He's like, I took two of them and I'm fucked up. Like, yeah. My mom, you know, she went through that same shit too, you know what I mean? And it's just like, but that was back in the day. Right. Now, like I said, these doctors are fucking, you can't get shit for shit. You know what I mean? No, you can't. I was in the fucking hospital and these motherfuckers doing all, you know, all kinds of shit. And then when they left me, when I was time to go, I was in there for three weeks, bro. After three weeks, you know what I mean? I don't know what I was, I don't forget what it was. They just gave me some good shit. When I left, these motherfuckers gave me like 10 or 15 Percocets. And I was like, y'all done had this shit that, you know what I mean? Y'all injected in the shit and fucking... Right. All of a sudden, three, what you figure, you know, I hate to say this shit, but I was in the hospital, fucked up, yeah. bored, yeah. the whole nine. What else am I going to do? Keeping it real. Definitely. You're going to offer me this for my pain? Cool shit. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep rolling with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Luckily, you know, I feel people are, all people are different. There's some people that could do a drug once and they're fucking hooked. There's yep. people they could do other shit and they're straight. You know what I mean? Right. Like, do whatever, whatever, large amounts, whatever. My shit is like cigarettes. That sounds weird. But real talk, my crack is cigarettes. You get me started on some cigarettes, I'm smoking a pack and a half a day. Yep. I'm waking up three times a night to smoke cigarettes. Right. Smoking about five before I get to work. You know, stupid shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything else, I'm cool. I got mind control over Debo. I'm straight with that. You know what I mean? But everyone's different. That's right. And, you know, I've seen people in college, like you said, do coke one time, and then before you know it, flipping, you know? Yeah, they're hooked. It's crazy. Just off the, like, day and night. Yeah, that, that's the power of addiction, I think. And you you never know, like, what's going to happen to you until you actually face it. I think, like, you got to just wise up one day. And like you said, like, when I quit cigarettes, man, I literally, I was going through everything. My place just flooded. Fucking girl broke up, all kinds of bullshit. And I was like, I got to quit this shit now. Yeah. And I just quit at cold turkey. I don't know how. That's awesome. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's huge. I think cigarettes is one of the hardest things to quit. <sighs> Man, it was. And I was smoking Newports, bro. Almost like two packs a day. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Wake up three times a night to smoke a cigarette. Maybe two. You know how that bullshit goes, too. Right. It was heartbreaking, those little things after dinner, after I smoke weed. All that bullshit, you know what I mean? I'm still trying to quit cigarettes. I, I'm on the little dips now. I don't I don't buy packs of cigarettes, but I still I dip. Oh yeah. That's it. Let's get back to the clothing. My bad. We we sidetracked. No, that's all good. Let's, let's go to the clothing. So yeah, I uh I just started to pursue things in my life that I, I always dreamed of doing. So I, I always wanted to make clothes, you know, that I would like to buy because at the time I couldn't find anything cool online. I'm like, oh, that's that's really dope. I, I would love to wear that. So I just started to make stuff that I really love and um, ride motorcycles. I always wanted to ride bikes. So I, I just figured, you know, back from the dead, you know, I, I might as well be happy, you know. Right. And I, I got a bike, started making clothes. And it, it's really turned into like a good uh I got a good following online and a lot of people support what I do. They know I went through everything with addiction and, you mm -hmm. know, tried to kill myself multiple times while I was running and gunning. And, you know, I'm here today and I'm sober. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking. And I, I'm just trying to build something solid mm -hmm. and, and share, 
where I've been with the world, you know. And like you said, a lot of people, you get a lot of support because people have seen you turn it around. Like, it sounds like really, like when you're doing your thing, man, extreme to the fullest. So, yeah, people seen you really do good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, I just dove all in with the clothing and uh, I've been to four states this year and it's all, it's all just been love. You know, a lot of people identify, you know, I have a problem with addiction or, you know, I lost someone real close because of addiction and really happy that you're still here and you're doing something you enjoy with your life those are like the the messages i get or the love i get how would you kind of describe your clothing line i'd say let's it's, talk about that though it's like punk it's just it's really different you know collages of fabric one-on-one pieces i take a lot of time making what i make i, I just i love to do it like doing the sewing it silences my mind like drugs and alcohol did i get in I get in like a meditative state. Yeah, I love it. I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. When do you remember the first time, like when you actually made a piece of clothing and you wore it, and then someone was, like came up to you and was like, "That's just dope." You know what I mean? Like, where it is that, or what is that? Where'd you get that type shit? I did a, I did a, a little event at Rhinoceropolis. Do you remember that spot? No. It was like a punk venue. A lot of hip-hop artists went there. Lil Pete played there back in the day. Um, I got invited to showcase my clothing through a friend, Maddie, and she invited me out. She knew that I was making really cool clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is my first time ever doing an event, and I just brought everything I made. I wasn't even online at the time. I just sit on the couch and hand sew stuff and had, like, two 10-foot ladders and put a piece of string through them, hung them up with some some rope while while bands were playing and like everything sold out nice and that was the first time that i was like whoa you know i could really do this and you just see people's faces light up seeing all these creations when i first got sober you know i was depressed mm-hmm. and i didn't i had ample time i was lost so i just i'm all those came out of depression right people were hyped on them so i was like i should keep doing this and how is it like when you sell out like that and you're like, now I ain't got no product. Now I got to really fuck it. You know what I mean? It, it's tough now because I'm in two stores. I got clothes in 720. I got clothes in uh, Chaos Vintage off Colfax. And uh, I've seen pieces go like as I hang them up on the rack, like the customs. I used to drop stuff on my story and it would just sell in like 30 seconds. Right. So now I'm trying to like, build my website and you know have pieces available for the website just so give everyone time to make a purchase not like it's all gone instantly as soon as i put it out what do you specialize in i i have t-shirts that are you know affordable and then i got the custom pieces and i I price those based off of how much time i put into them but i think people really like my hoodies because i just go off on hoodies and what do you kind of like do to do to them? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you kind of, what's your little touch or? I, I like to deconstruct and reconstruct to factory settings. So it looks like it was made professionally mm-hmm. in a shop. Like you can't really tell that I took it apart and put it back together. I like the uh, collages of fabric. I got so much fabric and, you know, I put pat, punk patches all over them. And nothing got to check out some more stuff. Yeah, I got a cool teddy bear hoodie I think you'd like. Oh, yeah. I have to check it out for sure. Where where can they find most of your stuff at? You said you got in two shops, right? I'm in uh, the 720 skate shop in Denver, and I'm at Chaos Vintage and Thrift. Mm-hmm. And that's off Colfax. Both of those can be found on Instagram. And uh, my website is ilovefromhell.world. Okay. And is this like, I I don't know if you said earlier, do you work a nine to five or? Yeah, I work construction nine to five. And then I I recently got a studio downtown Mm -hmm. and um, I work my job, which I I love to do construction. I've been doing that a long time. Right. And then I put my son to bed and I I head to the studio. So it's like nonstop. That's crazy. How do you go from construction during the day and sewing at night? The more I do both, <laughs> I realize they're both the same. Right. Like, if you cut... I don't know, bro. I'd rather be doing some sewing in the fucking room smoking weed than doing some hard-ass construction. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but <laughs> if you could cut a piece of wood in a straight line, you could sew some fabric in a straight line. That's how I see it. 
it's all very meticulous making clothes and construction hell yeah how long have you been doing the custom shit it's been uh since the jump i mean i i did i did that little show at rhinoceropolis and then um a lot of people just like kind of hit me up with ideas like do denim jackets do this do that mix it up right that's what i was gonna say what would a custom jean jacket cost me depends on like i said depends on how much work i would do but i i try and keep it simple like a brand new levi's is a hundred so i would charge you that cost mm-hmm. and then if you want like a back patch on it some studs on it i like to put the uh, leopard print on the collars like some little flare and yeah i sold one for 250. you might have asked what's the most expensive piece you sold most expensive would be 350. and what was that a hoodie can you tell us a little about the hoodie it was very uh in-depth like specific to what the client wanted and it was like the fur hood inlay custom uh leopard print pocket like you you have a picture of it on your instagram uh i no, not none of all those details okay i'm just curious because that's always been my shit man it's like my my shit's always been custom yeah that's the only way you're going to stand out right regardless you know and um you know with the shoes or the even the jeans back in the day i remember homies rocking the airbrush jeans you know like on some hip-hop shit still dope but just flipping or even like your hoodies like you're saying going to get a fucking dicky hoodie and then throwing some kind of you know what i mean design or fucking shit on it to make it different than everyone else's hoodie yeah you know I mean? always about the custom you know what i mean people really like the customs a lot and that's where you can really make the good money i mean the one-on-ones like you said yeah you know i did another big big show over at left side gallery was that recently oh uh, that was like eight months ago okay. maybe and man he opened up that shop and i just clicked with him right away and he kind of told me to do it and i did it and that was i had all my customs in there everything sold out i cried over at that spot like we had it set up so sick art show clothes everything that's dope it was beautiful in there i think there's like you said there's a good market for that shit if you have a you know what i mean yeah time not time is the first thing because you got to figure you got to design all those pieces piece by piece everything is just off the top of my head like i I look at a hoodie and I just start grabbing random fabric and laying it out. And I'm like, this looks good or that doesn't look good, but I don't ever have a plan. It's all off the top. Everything. Freestyling it. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's like, it's, it's tangible art that you could hold on to. You know, you get buffed when you do graffiti and you're risking your life and your freedom all the time. This is like, I put my time and effort into this stuff and it's in people's closets all around the world. Right. Do you ever mix any of the graffiti in with it? Sometimes I, I've been trying to like date pieces with my sewing machine. I could do letters with mm-hmm. the sewing machine. But no, not like specific graffiti. Kind of throw like some kind of graffiti swag in them. One of the things I always think of is like the like on Beat Street. When he's when he's showing his his hoodie, he's like he's gonna put the, you know he spray painted the inside so you can turn them outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's dope. Just doing some funky ass shit like that. Where do you um, where do you want to see yourself in like a year, man? Man, I've really been thinking about that hard. I, um, I I'm not too sure. I I really need to start understanding the business aspect of all this. I'm with you there, brother. Like maybe we need to collab and we need to get on this shit with the business to get both our shit on the next level. Cause like. You know, I still got buzz in the street. My, I, I, my shit started with COVID, and that shit was popping. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fucking, I deliver, whatever. I think they just had to see a motherfucker half the time. You know what I mean? But my shit was cracking. Putting, like, five, six, you know, orders in, all that shit, and just, like, yep. shit's kind of slowed down just with me, but you know what I mean? It's, I'm ready to, to get it back going again because, I mean, like I said, I'm trying to bring it all full circle, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, you just had a Muse over here in C3PO. Yeah. You interviewed them. and Dope podcast, dope podcast. Super dope. I listened to it at work. It was just loving it. 
Um, guys are f- fucking hilarious. The muse came to my studio. <laughs> yeah, he's telling me. We were just chopping it up, and he was telling me the same thing. Like, you really got to understand the business of this. Because it's cool to, like, do everything for fun, but if you want to take it to the next level, you really have to understand, you know, you got to get LLC, all all sorts of crazy you gotta stuff. Start, you got to start down the line and start taking out all the checkpoints, and you're right, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just got someone to do my website. I, I'm like... You know, I was just sitting on the couch sewing, and now it's like I got a studio. I got someone maintaining my website. I'm in all these stores. I'm doing all these pop-ups. You know, I'm meeting with other artists. It's incredible. I, I really didn't think anything would come about at all. So you're absolutely amazed from where you are from here to, like, five years ago, right? Yeah. Like, blown away. Even to be here chopping it up with you, talking about it, like, it just has me so hyped that's dope man i'm glad things have changed for you you know what i mean and things are on a better turn you know yeah it's uh i'm really grateful every day that's why i just keep trying to do it because it it makes me happy Mm -hmm. like doing all this i may be exhausted but it's like i could be doing worse with my life true that and i'm not so i gotta make the best of my time because we don't have infinite time i was gonna ask you ever do music at all you ever rap no, I don't rap. Nah, not no, not at all. I'm a techno guy. <laughs> nice. You listen to rap at all or no? I uh, I like OG Mako. I love Chief Keef. Uh, DJ Screw. I got a DJ Screw tape tattooed over my heart. Nice. Yeah, I love DJ Screw. I love Texas. If there were like three people you can get some clothes out to, who would they be? Lady Gaga. Are they alive or dead? Don't you know? Either or. Alexander McQueen. And my, my boy Bryce. I was like, my boy Bryce. Sure. I was like, who's the crazy guy? The crazy punk rocker guy. Which one? He's a crazy one. He's like, like rapper? No, he's a he's a punk rocker. He's like he's a crazy white dude with the spiky hair. He's always known for wilding out. He's like the most famous punk rock group ever type shit. You don't know what like I'm talking ba- about? back in the day? Yeah, back in the day, day. Like they would do ears with me, be fucking wilding out. Like you said, tearing shit up, not giving a fuck. Johnny Rodden? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm high. I forgot what my ref- what I was referencing. But- yeah, he's oh, dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get him some clothing. You know what I mean? That's some one mile motherfucker. Hell yeah, man. Well, shit. Definitely appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, what's your website and all that good stuff? Your social media, so they can check out some of your gear. So my Instagram. Let me look it up so I pronounce it all all the letters right to everybody out there. It's from dot hell h six l l period with period love that's my instagram website is i love from hell <coughs> dot world and uh if you're trying to get clothes go to 720 board shops off broadway and i also have more clothes at chaos vintage and thrift off colfax right google us what you really need to do though is hit them up and get that was custom one-on-one shit you know what i mean you want that shit ain't nobody got that's the easiest way i mean i'm on instagram all you got to do is message me hey, this is what I want. I'm real communicative on there, and I work fast, so deposit, money ready. I could get you going, but if you don't got money, then I'm not going to get you started. Right. I was going to say, I usually ask people the first time they smoke weed, but with you, what's the first time you sold some clothing? It would be at that Rhinoceropolis event. I used to do this thing. It was like I bleach out vintage shirts. I thought it was cool to have like acid wash type stuff. Can you explain bleach out real quick? So like a bleach out would be you do tie dye with bleach mm-hmm. and just do like the the wraps with your clothes and then pour bleach all over it and then once you unwrap it, it's like a spiral bleach effect. Okay. It looks I still do that with my clothes today. But I was selling those out of trash bags. Right. I was just I was hyped on that. I thought it looked cool, but now it's more you know I've really grown a lot since then. Does everything you wear you make? Yeah. Except my my work t-shirts. Except your work t-shirts, that's yeah. it? That's the only thing that they're getting? Yeah. Any um, 
any advice to anyone starting out in the clothing business or trying to come up with some with a brand like that i think you you really got to dive in and um don't waste any time you know turn the tv off get off the phone get that shit in the street i say get in the streets yeah get get out there yeah uh, get people seeing what you do i don't really miss mess around with tiktok i'm not on there i just strictly instagram um pursue it to the fullest don't uh don't half step no half measures don't try to cut yeah don't try to like with the t-shirts like don't try to go with the cheap t-shirts also if you're gonna give them away you go with the cheap t-shirts yeah if you're trying to sell them go with the good t-shirts because cheap t-shirts will not get you no repeat customers no i I still give away the expensive t-shirts also yeah i've upgraded to hanes beefy tee hanes beefy hanes beefy that's a very nice shirt not soft like next level what you wear but i like a more I like thicker. the girls that touch me and they just they just like oh shit like you know what I mean like oh let me feel you again like hey that's my titty I'm wearing one right now too I, <laughs> they are very soft yeah. hell yeah bro um, any kind of final thoughts any any shout outs any shit like that man I just want to say thank you so much for having me you know yeah. on here I'll uh, get you back again man you know what I mean yeah we Dive should do a follow up yeah for sure I do want to shout out Left Side Gallery Wade mm-hmm. over there. Uh, Chaos Vintage, 720 Boards, everyone that supports what I do, shows me love online. Uh, This thing has saved my life, gave me a purpose in life, you know. Uh, I'm so grateful to be where I'm at in this hot seat. Oh, yeah. Glad to have you here, man. You know what I mean? Shit, there you go. Check him out. Check his stuff out. It's popping, you know what I mean? And shit, you can find us everywhere, too. All platforms. Subscribe. Drop a comment. Tap in. All that good shit. Share. We are out of here. Peace. Peace out.